This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Episode 82, Avoiding the $2 million Mistake in Your Pilot Career, and Lessons Learned from Our Last Episode, and some listener mail, plus... Sun and Fun Radio, coming up in this episode of Aviation Careers Podcast. Well, folks, I had a wonderful time answering the questions in our last episode, and uh, one of the things I I just want to really quickly say is uh, apologize for the audio quality on my microphone. We have some lessons learned in aviation safety from that. Uh, My microphone level was a little bit low because of this. I I got on the mic and asked uh, Eric how my mic level was, and he said, uh, well, you sound a little bit far away. Uh, well, this is what we call, uh, <laughs> you know, hint and hope is what we call it in the aviation industry and the aviation safety industry. Uh, we kind of was hinting at the fact that he couldn't hear me too well, and I wasn't really taking the clue. So what had happened is that uh, we recorded, or I recorded on my microphone from my computer, which obviously didn't sound quite as good. So when someone's kind of hinting at something, you need to start looking at you know, what's really happening in that situation? We do this a lot in uh, CRM class at the airlines at cockpit resource management. Uh, also, the person telling you something is is responsible for saying, hey, listen, this is what the problem is, so let's fix it. So uh, we don't go into aviation safety too much except for careers in this podcast, so we'll leave that to, to our other aviation podcast, Stuck Mike Avcast. Also, thanks again for all the listener mail, and uh, we really do appreciate you, the listener. One of the things that I thought was really amazing is the ability ability to increase our folks in the aviation careers by really inspirational events and places. Well, one of those places is the Kennedy Space Center. It really does inspire aerospace careers. I, I got to visit there, and uh, I wanted to share a photo with you of the Saturn V rocket, which I think is incredibly inspirational, all the engineering that went into that and all the different careers. I actually uh, have a friend that was a uh, he was a rocket scientist. He worked on the uh, the thrusters, uh, which move uh, the the lunar module in different directions. You know the external thrusters, the small ones that you see. Fascinating stuff. But I tell you what, if you go to the Kennedy Space Center, if you get a chance, go to Cape Canaveral. It's in Florida on the East Coast. Wonderful exhibit. You truly will be inspired. No matter what you want to do in aviation or aerospace, you're going to be inspired to seek a career in aviation or aerospace. Lots of different jobs. Uh, there's engineers. There's uh, people that are actually sitting there <laughs> moving uh, big, big pieces of equipment around the property. And uh, there's also folks that are involved in safety, security, many different things. And uh, and the shift to the commercialization of space. So some really fascinating stuff there. I'll have a link to that, to the Kennedy Space Center in the show notes here. Well, this episode is uh, is also not not just about listener bell, but also a, a little topic here I like to bring up to people uh, every so often about when they're trying to choose a career in aviation, and uh, and that's going to be actually avoiding the two million dollar mistake in your pilot career. And uh, I want to explain that a little bit. But first, a, a real quick uh, a link here for our, our sponsors. Actually, a sponsor for this episode is AerospaceScholarships.com. AerospaceScholarships.com. Well, you're uh, probably listening to this right now. We're, we're introducing our book at Sun and Fun. This is uh, We're probably in day two of Sun and Fun while you're listening to this, possibly, or afterwards. Uh, and uh, we are actually now have that uh, guide in a PDF file. 
and we will have it on Amazon and iTunes in the future. Uh, right now it's only uh, $9.95, and also if you purchase the book somewhere else, we will uh, give you one month uh, free access to the website because all the uh, scholarships are updated continually, so we, we really encourage that. Uh, but uh, but first, let's move on to the topic this month, or excuse me, in this episode, and that is avoiding a $2 million mistake in your pilot career. Well, you know, people ask me, what do I mean by that? I say that a lot, actually, uh, how to avoid a $2 million mistake in your piloting career. Well, what This is what it means. Real simply, if you start your career later in life or you decide to postpone your movement to the airlines, it could actually cost you $2 million in income later on in your career, and I'll tell you why. Don't look at where you're starting. Don't look at the low salaries while you're starting because you know what? They are. They're very low in aviation because you have to build experience to move forward into the career, say, with a major airline. If you're looking at becoming a major airline pilot and you postpone that, it could cost you $2 million, and this is why. Real simple. Simple math. Most airline pilots, senior airline pilots, and I'm choosing senior airline pilots flying a single-aisle, narrow-body airliner – are making about $200,000 a year. This is a senior person that's been there from 12 to 20 years. Now, here's somebody that's been at the airline, say, 12 years. Now, they actually joined the airline when they were very young. Well, somebody else who joins the airline 10 years later won't be able to work those extra years, those 10 years. So, for instance, let's look at an example. Say that I'm 45 when I get hired with a major airline, and there's somebody else that gets hired with a major at 35. Well, they're going to have 10 more years to work because they're younger and you have to retire at 65. So what does that mean? Well, at the end of their career, their last 10 years, say they're a senior captain at an airline in their last 10 years, they're making about $200 an hour, or about 200000 a year. So multiply that 10 times, you have... $2 million. Now, I understand some of you folks are thinking, gosh, you know, that's a, that's a little bit low, but I don't want to inflate the numbers here. I hear you. People are going to write in and say, wait a minute, you can make a lot more than that as a, a major airline pilot. I, want, I chose single aisle, narrow body, so you didn't inflate the numbers. Uh, yes, I understand there's people making between $250 to $300 an hour uh, as either check airmen or working in a, in a wide body long-range pilots making about, you know, two fifty to 300000 a year. But I want to exclude that. Again, we're just looking at salary, $2 million. Also, I know some of you, and I've heard this mentioned to me before, is the fact that, you know, you actually will be making more than that because people contribute or airlines contribute to your 401k. They might add 15% to your 401k. We're not even taking that into account. That could be another, that's quite a, a big number also. Uh, so you're retiring with, you know, say one, and I know the numbers vary, one to three million dollars in your 401k. But let's just took, let's just look at those simple uh, salaries. So again, by starting earlier, you can avoid making that quote unquote two million dollar mistake in your piloting career. Now I know it's not all about the money, but if if that is your goal is to make as much money as you want. Working for an airline, the advice is this. Start early. Start flying as early as you can. Get that major airline job as quickly as possible because 
Everything in the airlines is dependent on your seniority, your pay, your benefits, and what trips you can bid. So make sure that you get there as, as quickly as possible. But in the meantime, enjoy the ride. A good example is myself. I started in my career uh, when I was 33 years old in my flying career. Uh, that was pretty late for, for many folks. You can even start later. But uh, So I, I, I'm going to miss out on, on uh, getting 20 years at a major airline. That uh, doesn't bother me as much because I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and I'm saving. And uh, another thing, too, and I know this isn't a financial show, but try to save as much as you can. One of the nice things about working for a large company or an airline is the incredible benefits and the incredible matching that they have in your 401k. Many airlines will put 10 uh, up to, say, 18% into your 401k and uh, without even doing anything. So just just remember that. So there's all those benefits that come into place. Plus, you get to fly to some really cool places. So again, I don't want to make this all about money, but if you are just looking at the cash dollars, which I hear that often, you know, uh, it's how, how am I going to make more money? Start early. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're a little bit older, well, it's still a great career. You'll make good money. You'll make that six-figure income, etc. cetera, uh, and you'll have fun flying around the world. So again, uh, I hope you hope you get the point there is that if you can start early, that's the best thing. Gosh, I, I, I fly with some folks and they've started when they were like 15, 16 years old and uh, they're captains at a major airline at 35 uh, and even younger than that. Uh, it's incredible. It's it's wonderful to see. Um, I actually had uh, one person I flew as uh, as a flight instructor for many years ago and he's now a, a captain uh, at, at a major airline. So. Let's let's uh, let's remember that is uh, start early and get there as quickly as possible, but have some fun along the way. If that's what you're looking at uh, in a major airline job, uh, corporate jobs usually they start a little bit higher. Uh, so it, the same applies. Is that you know as as quickly as you can get in there, that's the best way to go. They uh, usually their income starts higher, but it doesn't go up quite as much as uh, like a major airline. Lots of uh, different statistics out there. You can go to. Uh, uh, many different websites to find what the salaries are of major airline pilots and low-cost carriers, et cetera, and corporate pilots. So that's my point. Start early and uh, get there as quickly as you can. Focus on what you're doing. Enjoy the ride, of course, but uh, but keep focused on where you want to be so you can avoid that $2 million mistake. Well, let's move on. Um, again, if you're listening to this, the uh, you're probably listening during Sun and Fun, and I'm uh, going to be live from Sun and Fun. One of the ways you can catch me is at uh, liveatc.net slash SNF or go to aviationcareerspodcast.com and look in the top right corner. You'll be able to uh, to find out how to listen to Sun and Fun Radio and listen to, to past episodes and archives. We have some really cool interviews with uh, folks from World War II and uh, some folks that are current uh, – Airshow pilots, Patty Wagstaff, etc., and Jive. Uh, really, really some neat stuff. Really some fun, fun things. But I said I was going to try to keep moving on through some of the listener mail. So I have a couple of uh, of uh, emails today uh, from listeners and uh, some really, really good questions. So our first uh, listener mail comes in, and it's, uh, okay, here it is. It says, Carl, first off, I love the podcast. I look forward to all your episodes. I was hoping you could answer a couple of questions. Here they are with my background. Military pilot and a fly single-seat twin-engine fighters, restricted to centerline. I have plenty of pilot and command time, instrument and night time, but only just over a 1,000 hours total time. I'm just over the 10-year mark, and I'm seriously considering getting out and applying for the airlines. Based on what I am reading, I'm currently only qualified for a restricted ATP. 
Does the restricted ATP limit my options in a commercial aviation? Do you know who, if the airlines are hiring military pilots in the same position I am in? And if they are, how competitive are we? Uh, if they're not, I'm stuck between a couple of options. Uh, for So first, let me back up and just say, uh, yes, there are airlines that are hiring with the restricted ATP. Uh, obviously, all the regional airlines are doing that so they can people can build their time to move on to the airlines. Uh, so if you're looking at getting into a major, it's going to be a little bit tougher. There's a lot of guys out there, uh, single-seat fighter folks out there that are competing with you that have a lot more hours. Uh, maybe double that or triple that. Uh, so you have to be really careful uh, what you look at here. But with that said, uh, you will build a whole bunch of time uh, if you move on and move out of the military. But this is interesting. He, he continues. Uh, if they're not hiring, I'm stuck between a couple of options. He says he could stay in and continue to build hours through the military, get out and build those hours elsewhere. His concern is that option one uh, is as he moves closer to 20 years, it'll become more difficult to get out, which I know all of you folks in the military face uh, because you have the great retirement. You have a great uh, – it's a great income. So you want to be careful there. Also, the option two, his concern is that uh, finding a company to build those hours uh, with the ability to support – my family financially in the short term. Uh, I look forward to hearing your feedback and any advice uh, you, you think I would benefit from. Well, again, thanks for that question. The The most important thing is, again, you got to look at a holistic approach to your career. You mentioned a family, so I'm assuming you have a, a spouse and you also have some children. So one of the things that you have to look at is how are you going to survive? Because one of the important things to do is actually to be able to feed those those children and uh, and your spouse if your spouse does not work. If you move on, say after your thousand hours, you move on to a regional and you want to build hours at the regional. The biggest problem, obviously, you've heard this, is the pay. It's very very low, and uh, it can be low for many years. I mean, three four years. There's some folks uh, at the regionals who've been there in the right seat as a first officer for eight years. Now, with that said, you know, I just ran across a, a gentleman the other day that I flew with at the regionals, and uh, he said, you know, he was eight years in the right seat, uh, and it was. Uh, going to take them a while to upgrade, and that's pretty incredible. But the uh, the majors are hiring folks with high time in the right seat. But again, notice what I just said: high time. Uh, I would seriously, you know, in your case, uh, look at both your options. Look at say, hey, you know, the thousand hours you need to build more time to get hired with a, a major airline, the restricted ATP with a major. Uh, there's, uh, I haven't heard of too many people hiring with that. Uh, but I think they're going to go more so to that route soon because the pool's starting to shrink, but it's not there. Remember this. When when we talk about airline hiring, uh, there's the regionals and the majors. The majors, uh, you know, there is a shortage, quote-unquote, of qualified pilots. It's primarily amongst the regional airlines. They're having a tough time filling seats. I mean, if you have a license and you have a restricted ATP, you can you can get hired. The problem is this is that most folks want to go to the majors, and still there's lots of applicants there. Have the majors had to reduce their qualifications? Of course, but they've done it in the past. I mean, when before all this the new ATP rules, 
I mean, major airlines, legacy airlines were hiring people, you know, with just 600 hours, 500 hours, just the minimums even for a commercial license. It was uh, quite incredible to see. Uh, so that the, the advice there is that you really need to look at your situation financially. Uh, if you have no obligations financially, I would say get out and start building some time. But that doesn't sound like it's, it's you. So you, you have to look at your, and everybody listening has to look at their specific situation and decide what's good for me. So, uh, and what's, what's good for you? You know, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to uh, look at as far as, uh, supporting your family? And, uh, and look towards that. It's very, very important. Remember regional airline jobs, you're, gosh, $20,000. I mean, when I started, it was about $14,000, $15,000 a year. Uh, you're going to make a lot more in the military by staying in. I hope that's helped you with making your decision. Anybody else is in the same situation, helped you think about your situation. Everybody is different. Uh, if you're single, you're getting out of the military, you need to build time. Yeah. Gosh, you can do that in a heartbeat. Uh, I know a lot of, uh, here's a good example. I know a lot of single seat fighter folks that have gotten out of the military, went to different careers and then said, gee, you know, I really want to fly for the majors. So you know what they did? They moved into the regionals. And, uh, and flew some years in the regionals to move on to the majors. Uh, you know, the, the biggest compliment I've heard is, and comment I've heard is the fact that, you know, that's, that's really great that you have actually moved to the regionals to build time. It's tough for someone to do that. I mean, you've been flying single seat fighters. It's hard to go to the regionals. Uh, and after having such an exciting career, and, uh, not that, that the regionals isn't exciting, but you expect to move on to the majors. Uh, another good example of that, recently I was counseling a pilot who, uh, actually, uh, was trying to get on with the majors, but he was not flying at all, had lots of hours, uh, with a regional airline, but wasn't, hadn't flown in a couple of years. The other important thing is recency of experience. If you are in the military saying you stop flying, there's, you're not going to be flying, therefore not gaining any flying experience. Very logical. So you have to look at that. You have to say to yourself, you know, am I going to continue flying even if I stay in longer in the military? Uh, also, if you're someone who's been laid off from a regional and you have 10,000 hours, uh, I have people come to me with that many hours and, it, it, and you haven't been flying for 20 years, it doesn't matter. You need recency of experience. I've seen this play out so many times. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking when you see somebody go to an interview and they show eight, nine, 10,000 hours on their resume. And then you look at it and say, Oh no, you know, we, we brought you into the interview and didn't realize, gosh, you, you're, you haven't, you haven't had any flying experience in the past five or 10 years. Uh, so you need to get in there, get into a regional fly. And, and that's usually what happens. Uh, I try to get people to go there and get, gain their experience. Uh, after a couple of years, they're able to move on to the majors. So remember that recency experience is very, very, very important. It's not just total time. As a matter of fact, we have a, I have a gentleman who's uh, wanting to get back into aviation. He just got hired with a regional. We're going to have him on the show. Inspirational story. He's a, a friend. Uh, he's also a great pilot, great instructor. And he is somebody who I feel has been through a lot and is, is a perfect example of somebody who leaves the industry, comes back in, and builds some hours. So, again, uh, thanks again for that question. Moving on uh, to our next one. Uh, it says here, hello, I love listening to your podcast. Your program brings a lot of encouragement to so many. I'm not sure whether or not this question has already been asked or 
discussed on your program, but here it is. I want to become a pilot, either working for an airline or general aviation. I started back in uh, 2008 and earned my private pilot in 2009 with a local university. Because I did not want to get into credit card debt, I wanted to earn all my ratings through student loans. The university said that should be sufficient. Well, flying through the university, however, was very difficult to maneuver in that getting flight hours was a tricky task. Because of the volume of students who needed to fly and the amount of maintenance continually being aircraft, continually aircraft were down. I was also able to schedule a flight on average of twice a week. Uh, often flights would be canceled because of weather or other things like their limitations with crosswinds. Also making it difficult was the fact that my student loans also had to pay for tuition towards my degree. Long story short, I attended flight school for four years and was only able to reach private pilot status. I had made it up to instrument check ride, but ran out of money completely after the ground check. Couldn't scrape up the $850 to pay for the flight portion of the examiner's fee. That's a bit high as far as the examiner's fee, uh, but I uh, hope that wasn't a typo. Uh, I was forced to drop out of flying and finished my degree in aviation administration instead. I hoped I could make enough money to pay for flying this way. Having graduated and worked in general aviation for close to four years, I'm realizing that aviation doesn't pay as well as the university led me to believe. I'm not able to make enough money to save more than $100 a month, you know, with rent, taxes, etc., and paying back student loans. Well, I can understand that. He continues, I can't go back to school because I exhausted all the student loans and Pell Grants. I can't get the scholarships since I already have a degree. And in, my, in any case, I'm 34 years old and getting older. My question is, there are, any, are there any other options out there that can get me enough to pay for finishing my licenses, or is it not realistic to continue trying to become a pilot at my age and lack of the usual methods of payment? Other than my, most pilots start young and get hired young, most who are older and succeed in becoming a pilot have all the finances required before starting. Any help would be appreciated. In any case, I'm always looking forward to your next podcast. Uh, thank you. Uh, he said, he continues on, he's got about 150 hours and, uh, you know, he's, uh, it, it's quite expensive nowadays, uh, to continue on with the flying. So, um, I feel your pain and I hear it quite often that, uh, and I'm glad that you're not willing to go into too much debt for your career. Uh, you already have done that. And, uh, and let's back up for a second and talk a little bit about general aviation jobs. Um, remember this, and this is a, a general statement. Small businesses a lot of times make small money. Big businesses make big money as far as being an employee. I know that's a simplification, but uh, if you work for a large corporation, you're probably going to wind up making more money than working for a small business. Obviously, if you own the business, that's a different story. I've owned a few small businesses, and, and it's been very lucrative. But if you're working for a small business many times, most of the time, you're not going to make as much money. I think that's uh, where the universities tell you, well, you can make X amount of dollars in general aviation. And, and you know, yeah, they're right, but they might be looking at the wrong numbers. They might be looking at the, the high end of the numbers, the numbers where, you know, you are the airport administrator, et cetera. But no, obviously you won't make as much money as uh, flying as an airline pilot. Of course, if you go work for a big company, that's not always true. So, uh, yes, general aviation is fun. It's rewarding. Uh, the financial rewards aren't quite as high as if you go work for an airline. I hear it all the time with mechanics. Uh, they say that, you know, they chose to work at the local airport in general aviation. And you know why? Because they're home every night. You know, what is being home every night worth to you? 
that's something you have to to look at. Uh, in in your case, maybe you're actually home every night, which is an incredible thing. You know, as I record this right now, I have to work tomorrow, but I have to go to work a day in advance just to be to work tomorrow. So I'm going to miss a day at home. Well, you know what happens at the end of the trip? I'm going to finish too late to get home. So two two days, a day before and a day after, I'm going to be traveling to work and traveling home. You, on the other hand, get to go home. That's worth something right there. Uh, it's worth a lot of money, you know. Uh, so so think about that. Are there any other, uh, getting back to your question, any other opportunities for money? Yeah, there are. Uh, that's one of the reasons we put the aerospace scholarships uh, guide together. Uh, there's money out there. It's a little bit tighter for folks that are looking uh, postgraduate to be able to uh, find funds. Remember this, though. There's many specialized organizations out there that are willing to help fund your education that aren't age-specific that may uh, and you may qualify based on uh, your status, uh, based on uh, your race, based on your gender, or based on your affiliation with an organization, and, uh, and obviously uh, also uh, monetary. Uh, it may, you may be able to apply for a scholarship, or there may be a scholarship out there that you might be able to get based on all those things. Uh, you know, a, a good example is, you know, we use example as somebody who found out, you know, they were, uh, American, uh, Native American, and, uh, they were able to get a scholarship in a state where the, uh, uh, National Business Aviation Association had a scholarship. And for Native Americans, it was, it was incredible. I mean, it was, or for NBAA had one. And then the Native Americans in their, in that area also had a scholarship. There's many different scholarships out there. Uh, people that won't loan you money to move forward in your career, even if you're not thinking of a career in aviation, there are some scholarships too. It's a lot harder to find one of the reasons we put the scholarships guide together. And we are constantly out there trying to convince folks that are giving away scholarships to help people, uh, make career changes. Uh, not just be available to students that are in high school or college. And, uh, obviously most of them are that way because that's, that's normally when you're looking for, uh, to pay for, for your career. There's, there's, uh, in every career, it's that way. It's a little tougher to get financial aid, or excuse me, to get scholarships, uh, as you get older. It's just a little bit more difficult. Uh, also, is it real, not realistic to continue trying to become a pilot at my age and lack of usual methods of payment? Um, you know, it depends on what you want to do. Uh, we've talked about becoming a flight instructor, keeping your current job, and making extra money. Uh, I have a friend uh, uh, who of mine who works for NASA, and uh, he works. Uh, he's a head of uh, of a department there, and he works as a flight instructor part time. He makes extra money for flight instructing. He takes that money and uses it for play money. I know airline pilots that do that. You know, they, they instruct. I teach. Uh, I don't get to teach in an airplane, unfortunately. I can only teach in a simulator due to restrictions uh, from my, my employer. But, you know, I get, I get to go out and teach. I get to lecture all I want. I can teach in the simulator. It's all sorts of fun stuff. And, you know, it's a little bit extra money. Uh, and I'm having fun making a little bit extra money. Uh, would it be better to go work and fly a trip? Yeah. I make a lot more money flying as an airline pilot than I do uh, teaching at the school, but I get to fulfill two things, my satisfaction to be able to teach uh, and also helping people move forward, and I make a little extra money at it. And I take that, and uh, I might take my wife out to dinner, or, or maybe I'll go rent a small airplane or get another rating, that type of thing. Uh, but as far as being realistic, uh, back to your question, c- to continue, that's up to you. You really need to know, you know why you're doing it. And uh, if you want to move forward at your age at 34, remember I told you I was 33 when I moved into the career. I did not have a family. 
Uh, I did not. I had everything. Uh, I think I had everything pretty much paid off at that point. Yeah, had everything paid off. Uh, I was I was having a wonderful time. It's a whole other story. I was living in a motorhome, and I became a flight instructor. My dream was to live in a motorhome. I did that for eighteen months, and during that period, I started teaching at a local flight school. So uh, on my days off, I'd take my motorhome and go on short little trips uh, to NASA or whatever to different parks, etc. Uh, but that's a whole other story. Story. If people want to hear that, I could always tell that one. Uh, it really it was a hoot though to. Uh, when my students would find out that I was living in a motorhome, they're like, are you really living in a motorhome? I said, yeah, man, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a heck of a different lifestyle. Just like this flying airplanes thing is a different lifestyle. Uh, so so look at look at that. And make it, It's more, when you say realistic, it's more based on your own personal uh, situation. If you... If you're asking that question, uh, you may be thinking, gosh, you know, do I really want to move forward with this and get into debt uh, or spend all this time trying to pay for it and move forward? Uh, it may be more worth it to you to, to do it part-time and make it a part-time career. Uh, there's a lot of people who made uh, quite a bit of extra money. Uh, so those are decisions you have to make yourself. Remember, again, we're uh, on this show and in, in counseling and in the coaching that I do, I don't. I want you to make your own decision. I want to try to give you tools to help make that decision. Uh, I may actually raise more questions than answers, uh, but that's good because it starts a conversation. Start a conversation with yourself, your family, your friends, and and move forward to that that career goal. Remember, I said it's a varied path, so so you might run up against something. And and uh, here's a good example: you, you might run up against the money and being able to pay for it. Uh, so how do you get past that? You uh, either say it's too expensive, you go one route. It's uh, not too expensive. I'm going to find the money and go the other route, but you can do it. Uh, I, I think you can. Uh, so th- look at that. Think about that. Well, I appreciate that uh, that question. Uh, the next question is uh, from from somebody, a very inspirational question. Gosh, uh, the first step uh, says, hello, I'm 15 years old. I like aviation right now, and my goal is to fly. What is the first step towards my goal? Well, you know, the first step you should take towards your goal is to make sure you take a flight in an airplane to see if you really like flying. I'm hoping that you've already gone up. But if you haven't, most schools have special introductory flights. Many times they call them discovery flight packages where they'll take you up in an airplane at a reduced cost and they'll give you a tour of the flight school, tell you a little bit about how to get your ratings and uh, some costs, etc. There's also some really cool websites out there. Uh, one of them that I think is really inspirational, and I, I love AOPA Flight Training Magazine. Uh, this is in, in conjunction with flight training and, and AOPA in general. Uh, it's trying to promote aviation. It's, it's called the Let's Go Flying by AOPA. It's aopa.org slash let's go flying. Uh, I'll have a link to it in the website. They have all sorts of really cool resources and some really inspirational people out there discussing, you know, what it is to be a pilot and why you should become a pilot and live your dream. I think that's really, really important is to find out why you want to do it. Uh, some people might want to use it for their business. Some people might want to use it as a career. This is a careers podcast. Obviously, we talk about that quite often. But remember, uh, you know, in your, in your career, it could be your business. You could use that as a tool. Uh, remember, an airplane is a time saver. Uh, it transports you from point A to point B at a very reduced cost. When you start looking at uh, salaries of CEOs at some of the larger corporations, it makes sense for them to travel in a jet in something a lot faster because they're, you got to look at it at an hourly rate. If they're charging X amount of dollars per hour, uh, if you look at their salary and divide it by, say, 2000 uh, to come up with a salary or an hourly rate, 
that's a lot per hour, and it might be cheaper to to shove them in a in a uh, jet and get them there instead of uh, spending ten hours in a day traveling from point A to point B, and you're paying them not to do much work uh, in that in that travel time. They're just reading a magazine, etc. So uh, so it's important to to uh, to look at that. But yeah, is it, that's why corporate aviation is so cool. Uh, I think it's 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 awesome. It's it's amazing. It's a real time saver. It's a time machine uh, from point A to point B. Uh, but getting back to your question, guys, let, let's go flying is awesome. Uh, also, we're going to be uh, discussing a lot about aviation careers and some listening to some very inspirational people talk about all things that they've done in their career. Uh, and you can listen to that at liveatc.net slash SNF. I'm going to be at Sun and Fun, obviously, so we're plugging that quite often. So, again, take it. Take your first um, uh, flight. Also, another thing, too, make sure you can pass a first-class medical uh, you might want to talk to a medical examiner and make sure you don't have any uh, deficiencies, et cetera. Uh, that's important because if you want to move on to a career in aviation, you're going to want to make sure you can get a first-class medical. doesn't mean you can't make money without it. Uh, you can do some instructing, et cetera, but uh, sounds like you want to look towards a, towards a career in an airline, so that's really important to, to look towards actually getting your medical. So take a flight, get your medical, or at least look into how what you need to do to pass your medical exam and make sure you can you can pass that medical. You can find all those things on the FAA website. So uh, and and where you can find an examiner. That's also on the Let's Go Flying website. You know where you can find all those things. Examiners, uh, uh, medical examiners, because you have to go to a special uh, medical examiner to get your your uh, certificate and your student pilot certificate. So next question. Uh, thanks again for that question. That's awesome. Uh, you're getting started early, by the way. That's uh, just like we were talking about today and avoiding the $2 million mistake in your your career. I hate to call it a mistake, but that that's what everybody talks about. It's a, it's a big mistake to start late. It's not a mistake. It's just the way you do it. But uh, but it really, uh, that's all I hear that often is that's, that's a mistake that people make is they start late uh, and they listen to the naysayers. You know, don't listen to the naysayers. Do what you want when you want and, and enjoy the journey. Next question uh, comes in. It talks about being an international pilot. It says, hello, I'm a CFI, a certified flight instructor, currently working on my instrument flight instructor and possibly my multi-engine instructor. By the way, I think you should get all of those. Anybody listening should get their flight instructor, their instrument instructor, their multi-engine instructor. Why is that? Anytime somebody's around and needs instruction, you can help out. You can make money. You can build time. Uh, don't be the person that's sitting there like, oh, gosh, you know, I need to get an uh, instrument proficiency check. And you're the instructor that's sitting on the sidelines because you don't have your instrument instructor's license. Make sure you get it. Make sure you get your multi-engine instructor license because that's how you build multi-engine time to get to the airlines or to any flying job. So make sure you do that. Anyway, he continues. He says, I have no desire to stay in the United States as far as flying goes, and my dream was to be an international pilot. Is there anyone that could possibly give me some advice on what I have to do to achieve a goal of flying overseas? What should I prepare for as far as the interview process? And uh, he's looking forward to, to talking to someone to get the process rolling. Well, thanks thanks for that uh, information. By the way, if you haven't listened, uh, episode 80, I talked to uh Cage Marshall Consulting, uh, Ed Abraham. Uh, he does a lot of helping of people that want to fly overseas. Great person to talk to. Uh, and uh, there's many different, there's all a whole bunch of other folks out there. Of course, I do a lot of coaching and help people move towards their, their goals of flying overseas. I've helped people in the past. Uh, again, like I said in the past, that's what I've uh, 
uh, done is help pilots that were on furlough with airlines find jobs uh, overseas or in the United States. Many folks went overseas because the the pay was really good, had a lot of fun, uh, and then came back. Uh, as far as can, uh, just staying over there, uh, yeah, there, there's some uh, there's some challenges as far as what you need to do that you need to to actually look at and uh, figure a way towards the ratings that you need to get and uh, and how to move overseas how to uh, you know what the restrictions are on certain countries as far as uh, who can fly and uh, what citizens can fly if you uh, interesting thing is that you see a lot of people come to this country to fly because it's so difficult to fly in certain other countries so you may be limited in, uh, if you're going to a country where there's you know an oversupply of pilots and it's very difficult to get an airline job. You might want to, you know, stay here or find those other countries that are growing that, uh, you know, are looking for pilots. You know, you always hear the example of China. You know, a lot of people are going over to China. So, so make sure you, you look towards those, those opportunities. But yes, you can talk to us. You can talk to, uh, the folks at, uh, Cage Marshall. I highly recommend Ed Abraham. Really nice guy. Uh, and also listen to episode 80 first and then talk to him. Get a little bit of background. Really, really neat stuff. Uh, really interesting person. Well, that's it for the questions. Um, again, going back to the, the title of this, don't uh, <laughs> avoid the, the $2 million mistake in your pilot career. Uh, the biggest mistake you can make is, isn't is just about the money. It's about the fact that you're not moving forward in the career that you want to move forward in. Uh, you listen to the naysayers. Hey, listen, I did it. You know, I was in a, a very lucrative career, and uh, I was enjoying my time. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was it was good good enough that it paid for all my ratings, uh, which was good. I mean, it, it served a purpose. But my true passion was flying. I wanted to fly all day and and then have you know business part time, just like uh, what I do now. And it it's so much fun. So don't listen to the naysayers. When I started out, people were telling me that if you didn't make it to the majors by the time you're thirty, you're not going to be able to get there. You know, there's no way you're going to be able to fly. Also, if you have glasses on, I wear glasses, you couldn't fly. And that's uh, that's changed dramatically. When I was younger, yes, there were certain airlines that you couldn't work for that uh, when you were uh, wearing glasses, you had a 20-20 vision to go in. That's only a restriction in the military, and some of those restrictions have been reduced also. Uh, and I tell you, it's really, it's, it's anything you do in life. It's whether you're looking to become an engineer, looking to become a computer scientist, whether you want to be a mechanic, it doesn't matter. Just don't listen to the naysayers. Move forward in the career that you want and tell people, have a vision and be able to sell other people on that vision and say to people, listen, this is why I want to be a mechanic. I want to be the person that actually is going to help Somebody get from point A to point B quickly, and when they have a problem, they come to me and I fix it, and there's a lot of satisfaction in that. I want to be the person that's the corporate pilot, flying people from from one meeting to the next and moving people throughout the world and uh, helping them, being part of that decision-making process, being part of that organization. And I think that's extremely important to some people. No matter what it is you do, if you're an airline pilot, you know, a lot of people forget it's very important what we do. We look behind us and all those people sitting in the back are relying on us to keep them safe and get them to their destination on time and comfortably. So you, you really have to, again, reevaluate why you're doing it and what you're doing. And that's extremely important. Hey, listen, before I go, uh, one thing I want you to do is, uh, as, 
look at the different ways you can uh, contact us. Of course, send us an email. We'll read it on here. We de-identify it, obviously. Uh, it's uh, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, you can uh, check us out on Twitter. Send us a message. Follow us at Flying Careers on Twitter. Uh, our Facebook page is starting to get a lot of likes. It's a great way for us to get information out there. Uh, it's facebook.com slash aviationcareerspodcast. Another way you can send in something and let us know if you uh, want us to use it on the air is to call us at 347-699-4647. Uh, that's our voicemail number. It actually translates as Dip My Wings. Just remember, Dip My Wings. And you can call us with anything, a comment, a question. I want to hear your inspirational stories and what you've done to move forward. If you've heard a question on this podcast and you were in the same situation, you overcame whatever it is someone was talking about, let's share that. Share that information. You know, this is your show. So that's really, really important to share that. Obviously, all this information as far as the contacts is at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact. Also, a great way for other people to get to, to find this uh, podcast is at, uh, at iTunes. Uh, go to iTunes, go to Aviation Careers Podcast, and, and please uh, give us a rating as far as, uh, you know, it helps other people find us too. Uh, this, you're listening to this now. Uh, I'll be at Sun and Fun while you're listening to this. Sun and Fun is a huge exposition in Central Florida, one of the biggest ones, second largest air show in the world. It's uh, it's going to be really cool because they're trying to inspire people to move forward in careers, uh, to move forward in living their dream, flying an airplane uh, or flying anything for that matter, a glider, a seaplane, a helicopter, etc., or getting involved in other things in aerospace, uh, getting involved in in being an engineer, being a NASA engineer, you know, those types of things. That's why I really highly recommend you going to things like Sun and Fun, going to the Kennedy Space Center. You'll come out of all those things inspired, wanting to move forward in, in a career that's that's really challenging, really fun. It's full of people that are very passionate. That's why I love aerospace and aviation. It's because people are passionate. It's the people that make the difference. You know, folks, do something now. Do something today to move forward in your career, whether it's listening to this podcast, listening to Sun and Fun Radio, going out and visiting different museums, getting inspired by those trailblazers in aviation. Do that now. Listen to that now. Read a book and go to a flight school. Visit those flight schools. Do some planning. Write down uh, what your goals are. Write down your financial goals. Do it now and move forward in your career. And uh, hopefully uh, you will be the person that actually is going to write in with your success story. And I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear that success story. Once again, folks, Carl Blair with Aviation Careers Podcast. We'll talk to you again after Sun and Fun, after some really inspirational interviews at Sun and Fun. Safe flying and move towards your career goal today. Do something now. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.